Hello. We're so grateful that you've chosen to listen to the Jesus Calling podcast featuring Lee and Leslie Strobel today. If you are enjoying these personal stories of faith each week, will you take a moment to give us a review on iTunes? It takes just a second, and it goes a long way toward getting this podcast in front of more folks who may need to hear these inspirational messages. After the broadcast, simply go to the Jesus Calling iTunes page and leave a review. All of us here at the Experience Jesus Calling podcast want to thank you for listening. Now, on to today's podcast. Atheist-turned-Christian Lee Strobel is the former award-winning legal editor of the Chicago Tribune and best-selling author of more than 20 books. His classic, The Case for Christ, is a perennial favorite which details his conversion to Christianity. Lee and his wife, Leslie, share the story of their journey to Christ and talk about The Case for Christ movie, which released theaters in 2017. We actually met in high school. We were 14 years old, 50 years ago, uh, 1966. And uh, we were 14 years old, we'd never met. She was with a friend of mine, this guy, and they had gone downtown Chicago by the train to return some Christmas presents. And I was with a friend of mine downtown, I'd taken the train down too, and I saw my friend who was with Leslie and, and uh, right outside the train station. So he introduced me to Leslie. And uh, we looked at each other, and, and it was love at first sight. And Leslie went home and told her mom, I met the boy I'm going to marry. And uh, sure enough, by the age of 19 for her and 20 for me, we got married. Uh, so we were childhood sweethearts, and, and did, uh, mostly through high school. We broke up a few times, yeah. but I knew if I could just get a fuzzy steering wheel and a racing stripe on my Volkswagen Beetle, I knew I could win her band. For myself, uh, growing up, Honestly, all I wanted to do was be a mom when I grew up. The idea of having my own home someday always appealed to me. And um, so when Lee and I met, and it was clear that you know down the road there uh, we'd be getting married, that really was my um, my single motivation in terms of how I wanted to live my life. I just wanted to be a mom and, and raise kids. We had a church wedding because uh, my parents uh, and her parents uh, thought it was appropriate. We didn't care because it didn't matter to us. So uh, we got married in the church, but we didn't have any faith um, component to our marriage. Well, for me, my mom had been raised um, Presbyterian. Um, my dad didn't have any church background. My parents were Lutherans. They went to a church and uh, took me as a youngster, but gave me the freedom to be able to say, uh, when I got into high school, whether I wanted to go or not, they sort of left it up to me. And as soon as I was free not to go, I decided not to go because I didn't find it interesting. I thought it was boring. I thought it was irrelevant. Church was not really part of our background. I graduated from the University of Missouri Journalism School and got an offer to be a reporter at the Chicago Tribune. So Leslie and I moved to Chicago when I went to the University of Missouri. So she was working at a bank and uh, she was helping support me and her as uh, we were going to college to, uh, at the University of Missouri for the first couple of years. And then uh, I got a Ford Foundation fellowship to go to Yale Law School to get my Master of Studies in Law degree. So the Tribune continued to pay me, and God bless them. Uh, and I went off to Yale, and Leslie came with, and I got my uh, Master's degree in Legal Studies. I came back to the Tribune and was legal editor of the Chicago Tribune. So the Tribune was really our focus, very busy. We had a, a great relationship and uh, had uh, two children uh, uh, after a while. 
and um, uh, but but God was really not. Uh, it was sort of just not important, not a factor. It wasn't anything we were hostile toward. It was just we were disinterested and didn't really understand the gospel message. Uh, nobody had ever really explained it to us in a way that we could get it. As a child, I can remember being curious about it. Um, and I'd ask my mom questions, but her faith, I, you know, I still to this day believe she's a, a believer, but, and she's passed on now, but it was something that was very personal, very quiet, and she just didn't really have a strong understanding of scripture or theology. And it wasn't until I was working at that bank that we mentioned that my boss, um, who was a believer, started to ask me some questions and witness and that. And that was the first that I really heard uh, any kind of gospel presentation. I was a little uncomfortable with it because I, it was just so new to me. And so you know, I just kept it in my hopper, more or less. I never pursued it. And then we uh, moved, and once we had um, our daughter, Allison, we'd gone out to the suburbs to live, and as soon as we moved in there, a woman, uh, we were in a condominium, a woman from downstairs brought up a plate of cookies, and her little girl, who was about the age of our Allison, and she was a believer, and became good friends, and it was through Linda, her name is Linda, that um, I really got my questions answered, and uh, he led me, basically. To the Lord and, and helped me understand and, and got me into Bible study and she mentored me and um, that is where my um, my growth started to happen. Lee and Leslie's lives were rocked as God began to work on their hearts individually. As Lee determined to make a case against Christ, Leslie quietly sought guidance from God for their marriage. When I told them uh, that I'd become a believer and that I was going to church and and uh, going to go to Bible studies and that, his initial response was anger and um, just um, outrage, just hostility. It was very condescending. I didn't have any interest in being married to a Christian. I thought she was going to turn into some holy roller or something. And uh, it's not part of the deal. It wasn't part of the plan. And uh, all of a sudden, we we're going to have all these conflicts about how to raise our children, how to spend our money, and what are we going to do on the weekends, and everything was going to be a conflict. And that's when we started uh, a season of our, our marriage that was very difficult. I remember once uh, she was talking about going to church, and our little daughter was there, and I had so much rage, I blew up, and I reared back, and I kicked a hole right through our living room wall, just out of, just out of anger. And, I felt like she was being pulled away into this evangelical subculture, uh, that she was cheating on me with this guy, Jesus, you know, he all of a sudden, and, and uh, I thought I was the guy in your life, and now she's talking about this Jesus character. So there was, there was that kind of uh, anger. So uh, I began to uh, investigate Christianity. I thought, uh, you know, if Christianity is true, there would be historical evidence and scientific evidence for it. Um, and I thought I could disprove it, and so I began to use my journalism training and legal training to investigate whether there was any credibility to Christianity or any other world religion. And that launched me on a nearly two-year investigation of the evidence. Um, and, and it was a accumulation over time of evidence in a variety of different areas, but focusing largely on the resurrection of Jesus. Because I realized that if the resurrection was false, it disproved Christianity. 
Uh, even the Apostle Paul said, if Christianity isn't true, I mean, if the resurrection isn't true, then your faith is worthless. You're still in your sins. So um, Christianity is based on the truth of the resurrection. And I thought if I could disprove that and show that that's based on legend or make-believe or wishful thinking, then I could rescue Leslie and get her back and have my life back. He was doing a lot of this on his own, in his own time because I was busy leaving Bible tracts and the socks and verses on the mirror and it was just making him angrier. Um, it was kind of behind the scenes that he was doing all of this investigation, so I really wasn't aware. I mean, occasionally you know, he would ask a question on something, but I was never the one to, to answer that because he was asking really technical questions. And for me, you know, I wasn't looking at all these um, specialists in the field that he was. My, my faith was just based on how I, I received Christ and I could tell that Christ was in my life and he was moving and, and answering my prayers in so many ways. My investigation was cumulative in effect. So in other words, it wasn't just one single fact. Uh, it was a accumulation of a lot of data, uh, the evidence of science, of cosmology and physics and biochemistry and genetics and human consciousness, I believe began to point me toward the existence of a creator who looked a lot like the God of the Bible. Uh, and then the, the investigation of Jesus. Uh, did he live? Yes, clearly. Did he claim to be the son of God? Yes, in a variety of ways, implicitly and explicitly. And uh, did he back up that claim by returning from the dead? That was really the issue. And so as I investigated the resurrection and looked into the accounts of the resurrection and how early they are, that we actually have a report of the resurrection that's been dated back by scholars to within months of the death of Jesus, which is revolutionaries when you consider the first two biographies of Alexander the Great were written 400 years after his life, and they're generally considered reliable. So here we have you know, really fresh historical data, the evidence for the empty tomb, the evidence that we have for him being seen and encountered after his death. We have nine ancient sources inside and outside the New Testament. Uh, that confirm and corroborate the conviction of the disciples that they had encountered the resurrected Jesus. So th this case began to come into focus for me. It was this, as if you had the kind of the scales of justice and they were, they were slowly tipping in the direction of Christianity being true. It's so funny for me to hear him talk like that because more than ever when I hear him spew out all those facts about his, his journey, mine was so much more simple. Yeah, I was feeling empty and hurting because he was never home. He was busy in his um, in his career, and I would, you know, cry out to God, and He'd be there, and I would feel His presence. Or I'd open the Bible, and He would speak to me in what I was reading. And so for me, it was so relational. You know, I just couldn't even. It was never a question of needing any kind of hard facts or, or proof. For me, it was proved by his presence in my life. Finally, on November the 8th of 1981, uh, as, I, as I considered all of the evidence put together, I realized that in light of the avalanche of evidence that points so powerfully toward the truth of Christianity, it would have taken more faith to maintain my atheism than to become a Christian. The most logical thing to do in light of the evidence is take a step of faith in the same direction the evidence is pointing. Everything about my life began to change. My values, my character, my morality, my attitudes, my relationships, our marriage. I mean, 
every aspect. It still is amazing to me because all I wanted was someone to go to church with me. You know, I just wanted him to come to church and keep his mind open, you know. So for him to have gone as far as to become a pastor was just unbelievable. So God has really redeemed our whole family and rescued us from a bad path that we've been on. In terms of my relate of my career, I really wanted to stay in journalism because I felt like we need Christian perspectives in the newsrooms of our newspapers. And uh, but after a couple of years, God clearly called me out of that, and I took a 60% cut in pay and um, went to uh, work on the staff of Willow Creek Community Church outside Chicago, which is the church that Leslie first took me to uh, when I was a spiritual doubter and. Uh, God's great sense of humor. I was ordained and um, became a teaching pastor ultimately there. Uh, so God took me on a different adventure, which is to be an evangelist, to use my experiences of having been a skeptic and an atheist to reach a new generation of people who are spiritually confused. Honestly, it just fills me in awe of God's grace and his sense of humor and his mercy. and. Um, the plans that he has for us. I mean, there's no accounting for it sometimes, what paths he'll take us on. I think it was like, you know, our entire life had been like a motion picture filmed in black and white That's and right. 16 millimeter film with right. scratchy sound. And then after we both came to Christ, now our marriage is like Technicolor, Technicolor. <laughs> and Dolby Stereo and uh, special effects. Right. <laughs> Lee and Leslie have gone on to share their story to as many people as they can. Their message has brought healing to those who are in marriages where faith is not shared, and to skeptics who doubt that the message of Christ is real. They talk about what it was like to have their story come to life on film with the movie version of The Case for Christ. You know, it, it's so funny. We, we got a copy of the film and, and we've seen it on our computer, uh, and, and Leslie told me the other day she'd seen it like five or six times. The bad stuff is there. Uh, my bad attitude, my drinking, my um, skepticism, uh, the way I shut her down when she would try to share Jesus with me. Uh, you know, some of this stuff is difficult for us to watch. But, you know, the beauty of God uh, intersecting with our lives and uh, reaching Leslie and then me and the investigation and so forth, um, it it's wonderful to watch that Played out on film. It's been so humbling to have, first of all, your life story out there that's a little awkward, but on the other hand, um, it's out in a book form anyway. And so if God can use this for a new generation that maybe isn't interested in reading, but will go to a movie, then we are more than happy to have our story out there so that God can use it. Um, it's been such a privilege and honor to be used by God um, to have our story. Uh, touch hearts the way it apparently has because I'll go with Lee when he speaks and more often than not while he's maybe doing a book signing or surrounded by people um, asking questions of him there'll be people that come over to me and quietly just want to ask you know what it was like and what they can do because they're in the same position of having a, a relationship with Christ and their spouse doesn't men and women will ask me and so it has been just a blessing to be able to bless others with our experience. We've got Jesus Calling sitting on uh, Leslie's uh, It's in my office, office my, right on the my quiet time, My quiet time bench, and I, I read it every morning. 
I, you know, the thing with, that happened for me, um, Jesus Calling was given to me several years ago as a birthday present from a dear friend. And I'll never forget the first time I opened it up and she'd given it to me for Christmas. It's just so wonderful to, to have that little book and invariably it'll relate that day's scripture and the reading will relate to what's going on in my life. It's just fascinating to me how God's used it that way. It is a unique resource because, uh, as Leslie says, you know, pastors will often say, uh, you know, put your name in the Bible where it right. says, uh, God so loved the world. Imagine it says, God so loved Leslie you. Lee. Or Lee or, yeah. yeah. But, you know, that's what this book does. It, it puts it in a more relational uh, um, first person context that um, helps scripture come alive and helps the word of God uh, go deep in your heart. For more information on The Case for Christ film, please visit leestrobel.com. Next time on the Experience Jesus Calling podcast, we speak with Kaz McCaslin, the founder of Upward Sports. With a vision to create the best sports experience possible for every child, Upward Sports has grown under McCaslin's leadership and guidance from a few hundred children playing in seven church basketball leagues to more than half a million children playing in 2,500 multi-sport clinics, camps, academies, and leagues in 47 states and 72 countries. We stepped out with a with a desire and a fire and a passion to reach children and families for Christ all over this country through something as simple as a ball. Our greatest desire would be to be there to introduce them to Christ, to have the joy of seeing them come to know Christ, and then to disciple them in Christ. And then when they leave us in our age group of sports, to watch them as they model Christ. Our featured passage for today comes from the August 7th entry of the Jesus Calling audiobook. Understanding will never bring you peace. That's why I have instructed you to trust in me, not in your understanding. Human beings have a voracious appetite for trying to figure things out in order to gain a sense of mastery over their lives. But the world presents you with an endless series of problems. As soon as you master one set, another pops up to challenge you. The relief you had anticipated is short-lived. Soon your mind is gearing up again, searching for understanding, mastery, instead of seeking me, your master. The wisest of all men, Solomon, could never think his way through to peace. His vast understanding resulted in feelings of futility rather than in fulfillment. Finally, he lost his way and succumbed to the will of his wives by worshiping idols. My peace is not an elusive goal, hidden at the center of some complicated maze. Actually, you are always enveloped in peace, which is inherent in my presence. As you look to me, you gain awareness of this precious peace. Hear more great stories about the impact Jesus Calling is having all over the world. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Calling podcast on iTunes. We value your reviews and comments so we can reach even more people with the message of Jesus Calling. And if you have your own story to share, we'd love to hear from you. Visit JesusCalling.com to share your story today.